Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but join us as we unpack the why behind our activity and how we connect it to our faith. Friends, I'm having conversations and exploring the journeys of others as we all help to build a theology of self-care that is exploring how we care for ourselves by being active persons in whatever way feels best for us. Welcome to episode 15. Today on the episode, I have Joe Varner. Joe is a longtime friend of mine. As you hear in the episode, we have known each other for the better part of over a decade. We went to college together. We actually met before college at a pre-ministerial event. Joe is a pastor in the United Methodist Church. I know Hopefully you aren't getting tired of hearing them, uh, all these pastors on, but hopefully they are just a wealth of knowledge. Um, As I continue to bring in, just uh, try and bring in diverse voices around this idea of self-care. Joe is joining us today to talk a little bit about care, about fueling versus filling his struggles with food. And so if uh, food has been a struggle for you, any kind of eating disorder, you will hear Joe talk about overeating. But if any kind of eating disorder is a trigger for you, just a warning here at the top that we are going to be talking about some tough issues surrounding eating, Joe's journey with food, and then Joe's journey in activity and what it has meant for him as he has lived out his calling in his vocation as a pastor. And so I am looking forward to this conversation. Let's jump in and hear today from Joe Varner. All right, we are here today with Joe Varner. Joe, welcome in. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. It is a pleasure to have you on the podcast with us today. Uh, Before we dive into our conversation, let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, Joe, who are you? Uh, Where do you call home? And how are you active? All right. Um, Andrew, I really appreciate you asking me to talk with you a little bit about this. Um, My name is Joe Varner, and you and I, we go way back. We do. All the way back to Ashland, Virginia, the center of the universe. Um, (laughs) And I think we met at like a discerning God's call retreat there when we were in high school. Oh man, it was so yeah, such a long time ago. (laughs) So long. Anyway, uh, so I'm originally from Farmville, Virginia, but I call Virginia Beach home now, where I've been serving at um, Thalia UMC here near Town Center for almost six years. And my wife's from here, so uh, for her, this is home. And um, I'm active with weight training and just started doing some bodybuilding last year. And the reason I'm active is something that I've been on a personal journey with for over a year now. Um, I was just kind of active growing up um, between, you know, t-ball, soccer practice, Eventually started taking dance classes when I was six. Um, So that was like the one thing that I did throughout school until I graduated high school. So, you know, I was doing all the sports and all that fun stuff and then went to college and did some of the intramurals, but then really got into weight training when I was in college. Took a class with our buddy, Bill Blackmore, and um, that was a lot of fun. So... uh, we did that for a little while and um, 
but I didn't really take it seriously until I realized probably I had like this one huge weight gain freshman year. My freshman 15 only took me two months to make. So um, that was like, whoa, I need to get this under control. And then within a month during our J term, gotta love J term, in January, I was able to drop 30 pounds in four weeks. So like it was not a big deal. Well, fast forward to seminary and life's a little bit more challenging and my metabolism's changing. It was harder to, you know, the weight I gained my first year in seminary was a lot harder to get off. So it's been a lot of back and forth for me personally. Um, I don't think many people would see me and think, wow, he's overweight. But there have been some times where my, my body mass index was over obesity. So, um, and then also it's like the personal image stuff. But then finally, like to finally get to really answer that question why I'm active, active is a year ago, a little over a year ago, our church did a series on healthy habits. And we took the Daniel plan out of Saddleback Church and kind of made it our own, put our own little Methodist spin on it. But I really took it to heart because I was going into that series. Physically, I was able to run and could lift a moderate amount of weight, but I wasn't healthy. And um, I didn't feel healthy. And here I am leading my church and trying to adopt healthy habits. So it was a chance where I really tried to practice what I preached, literally, like for that whole month, practicing what I was preaching on. And those habits started to stick over time. And it became something that was more spiritual than just about my personal image or, you know, how I looked when the summertime rolled around or whatever. It was really more about my relationship with God and how I'm treating my body with movement and nutrition. And I think there's this great sort of intersection when it comes to talking about an active lifestyle. You know, we not only heard in there your how, but you also really unpacked your why of creating those healthy habits for yourself. And, you know, like Joe said, you know, we've known each other for, gosh, probably going on 15 years, maybe. <laughs> um, we've known each other for a while. And so I've had the benefit of kind of seeing Joe in a lot of these different stages and go through a lot of these things um, and forming those healthy habits, you know, not just for himself, but in the midst of church community, in the midst of your family, in the midst of your daughters and everything like that. And to see that kind of stuff form, I think there's probably a lot of listeners that can relate to that why of, well, I want to be healthy, right? And, and whatever we want to define health as, I think we've seen the spectrum of healthy habits throughout the scope of this podcast. When we have people who are trying to get healthy by losing weight, we've had cheap people trying to get healthy by gaining weight, but they're trying to define their own understanding of personal health as it relates to their self-care. And so before we go much deeper in our conversation, for you, for Joe Varner, where Joe Varner is currently in his life right now, how would you define healthy living? Yeah, I think for me right now, the first piece of that definition would have to do with fueling my body and not just filling my body. And I actually learned that from another one of our Randolph-Macon colleagues, um, Bethany Floyd Watkins. She and I were having conversations as a part of our church's series. And one of the things I learned from her, as she's a registered um, dietitian, nutritionist who also does a lot of um, personal training, 
So, I mean, that this is her wheelhouse is nutrition. And eating had always been the real struggle for me. And it still is. It's not like it's gone away. But that one shift in my brain was enough to get me started on something that that looks and feels more healthy than where I was 12 months ago. So a healthy lifestyle for me begins with fueling my body instead of just filling it. And so the analogy is when you go to fill your car and it's on empty, you can fill it with anything, but it's not going to run on anything. And, and our bodies aren't much different. We can fill it with potato chips, but our bodies after a while will not succeed or thrive if that's all we eat. Mm-hmm. And the same is true of even healthy things too, right? So that was a shift that helped me get started on something that looks and feels healthier than where I was and, and really helps me today. And the one thing that I started as far as fueling my body was making sure I was getting enough protein, which I wasn't doing. Um, so that's part of it. Part of it's the nutrition, fuel your body. The other part of it is to keep moving. And then another big change for me was I actually started running less. I used to, I had worked up to, I wasn't running like Andrew Ware runs. Oh man. <laughs> but there was a time, um, even with my first kid being born, I was running um, half marathons. And I still was kind of like not real satisfied with my health. And then again, like this healthy habit series, I learned that if I just keep moving, it didn't always have to be a 30 minute run. Like movement's movement. And I can enjoy it without feeling like it's a punishment. So, you know, I don't have to run 30 minutes every day to be healthy. I can do it if I want to. Yeah. But there are other things I can do to keep moving to be healthy. So that's the other one is just to keep moving, whether I'm yeah. taking a 15 minute walk once a day or three times a week. And, you know, and then I go and I, I lift weights a couple of days a week, you know, but the point is just to keep moving. Right. And then the other one is, um, it's really got to do with the soul. So for me, healthy living, isn't just the diet and nutrition. It's also making that connection between my physical body and who I am in God's eyes, because, um, you know, the new Testament especially tells us about how we're God's temple. Mm-hmm. And what does that really mean? Right? Like, yeah, the church, we are the dwelling place of God, but something happens personally, right? When we, when we invite Jesus into our lives, when we, when we do the sacrament of baptism, the water is a sign and a seal. It's because our bodies, our physical bodies are important to God. Why else would Jesus put on flesh? Right. And then, and then go through Good Friday to to rise with a resurrected body because our bodies matter to God. And that was another um, aspect of this healthy living thing is that um, really at the at the root, at the very core of this healthy living for me is really about maintaining that communion with God through spiritual practices. Just like we look at our diet and nutrition, applying those same principles to my walk with Jesus. And I think, you know, just a couple of points off that of, you know, I've said it, I've said it on the podcast, I've said it in the Facebook group and everything. But one of the greatest things is just like you said, it's get moving. And it's moving in a way that is comfortable and productive for each and every one of us. And I think that that becomes such 
an important and vital step for us to take when it comes time to build this theology of self-care that we're talking about mm-hmm. in this podcast is like, you know, you have to be willing to take that step, whatever that step is for you. Mm-hmm. And and while I know I've interviewed a lot of runners on this podcast, I enjoy getting people like you, like Josh Wax, like Moshelle, who they're not runners. Um, you know, I know for me, running is, is my default and it's something that I love doing, but I know, I also know that not everybody likes running. Uh, not everybody enjoys running. Um, not everybody is crazy enough to enjoy running. And so doing it in our own ways. And then, you know, on that discussion of, of fueling versus filling, it it goes into more than just food, right? Anything that we are doing, we I think it's important to keep that mindset of, is this something that's fueling me or is this something that's just kind of like filling me up temporarily? And mm-hmm. then to kind of, you know, circle it back around to that understanding of faith and that understanding of our connection with God, it brings in full circle that nature in which a healthy lifestyle, this this healthy lifestyle that I think I've seen you build and that we're hoping to maybe help to instill in those listeners who are trying to build this theology is it's it's this nature in which we are fueling ourselves because we know you know, according to scripture, according to the gospel, according to our beliefs, we are called to serve others. But if we're just filling ourselves, then what, then we're just filling others, right? I mean, it, and, and I mean, I know I've, I've said, you know, we fill our cup, but even more so to think about it in that terms of like fueling, like, is this something that we can use or is this something that we're just putting in ourselves that either just then gets spewed back out or it doesn't actually have a beneficial purpose to it? And and I love that uh, sort of metaphor that brings it all together as we think about coming in. And, and I want to focus on that a little bit as you've sought to sort of transition your life. Because you said earlier on that this is not the first time you have kind of taken a, you know... A, taking a stab at, at creating a healthy lifestyle. Um, you know, I think I was right there with you. We were playing intramural sports. We were trying to, to be healthy in college. And, uh, I think like you, I, I put on the freshman 30, <laughs> like I weighed 180 when I graduated high school and I came out of college weighing like 220. Um, just some of that muscle. Um, but <laughs> you know, so it's not like this is your first attempt at no. embodying this healthy lifestyle. So what are some of the lessons you learned uh, in in the earlier stages of trying to be healthy that have um, helped you in this current iteration of living a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, it's actually a little scary for me sometimes. And this is probably a place where you might want to put a trigger warning for people with eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, because anytime you talk about this, it can stir up lots of emotions in lots of different people, whether they struggle to eat enough or if they struggle knowing when to stop. I'm the one who's always struggled knowing when to stop. And uh, it's actually a little scary sometimes to think about going back to that lifestyle, which was really only a year ago when, um, you know, once I got started on something, I didn't want to stop. And would often not just like holidays i'm talking once a week eat to the point of hurting myself and being in pain because i'm so full and the indigestion so bad that i keep eating that sensation of eating that it was became a compulsive behavior 
but it's been like that since gosh i don't know probably like the fourth grade that's how that's how my relationship with food has been and yeah going through some moments whether it was um you know the first time i tried to diet i was only in like the fifth or sixth grade um drinking slim fast for lunch like i was really worried about my body in middle school is just a terrible time emotionally for everybody but like that's kind of a silly age to try to like use slim fast to deal with your weight like being a 12 year old and like overly conscious about that so i've always struggled with that um and that was one of the things that really i needed to um I needed to go a little deeper and really what's helped has been getting to better understand the recovery community and like 12 step programs. I'm not like in a 12 step program, but our church hosts lots of 12 step meetings and um, one of them is open to the public. So I've gotten to know a lot of the people and their stories and have been able to apply the, the principles and the steps to my relationship with food as a compulsive behavior. And then, I, I got to learn a little bit more about Celebrate Recovery, which is a Christ-based 12-step program. And now our church hosts a meeting every Thursday morning. But the point being, um, it gets back to our Wesleyan roots, which is uh, one, of, one of the Wesley sermons I really gravitate to throughout my ministry is the one thing needful. And John Wesley's taken apart that story of Mary and Martha. And you can go and read it. You'll probably fall asleep, but what he's, he writes in that sermon is that the one thing we need is the recovering of God's image. And ever since you know, I learned about that in seminary and, and heard about 12-step programs, addiction, recovery, realizing that um, that's really what the church's role is in people's lives is to help them recover God's image. The community of faith is intended to be the context in which we recover more of the likeness of Christ in us. It's discipleship, right? Like the goal of discipleship is to help people learn how to live and love more like Jesus, to love God, to love each other. So long story, slightly shorter, it's taken me, you know, the last couple of decades to finally recover a healthier relationship with food so that, you know, now that I've I've lost some of the excess weight. Um, how am I going to keep it off now? Because I've done it before. I've done it at least four times. I'd get to this point where I'm like, all right, that's enough. And I'd run a lot and I would diet down. But then as soon as I got to my goal weight, literally, within, if not, if not in months, within weeks, I'd be right back up to where I didn't want to be. And so this time is different because... I'm thinking about things like fueling my body instead of just feeling it, making sure I'm eating enough protein. I'm thinking about things like moving and moving more, even if it's not a run, just getting out there and walking. But the most important thing is really connecting that to this deep understanding of um, what God really wants for me. It's not to punish myself because I'm not fulfilling this like um, unrealistic picture of being a fit young man but because god already cares for me and all of me god doesn't just care for my soul jesus didn't just save my soul jesus died and rose to save all of me 
so that's kind of what um what really changed for me in the last year was all of that you know and addressing the compulsive eating and i appreciate the vulnerability there to to really unpack it to tell us and to give us a lot of times the other side of that equation because so often when we think about food and eating disorders we think about either you know not eating enough or even when we eat too much we think about things like bulimia and things like that but you know i think there's that other way in which sometimes we just have unhealthy relationships with food and no matter what area or what way we think about it it's it it really begins to play into that understanding of living a healthy lifestyle of you know the way we treat our addictive behaviors right yep. and and i think i'm probably borderline a running addict um and so whether that's healthy or not can often be related to the way in which I treat and the way in which I listen to my body. And so, you know, I appreciate the vulnerability there of naming like, okay, this, this was something that I saw was harming myself and I've sought to put it and reframe it in a way that I can actually do it healthily, healthily, whether that's a word or not, I don't know. <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> um, but the way in which we do it in a healthy way really begins to set the stage because a lot of times when we hear about addiction, sometimes it's just cutting the thing off altogether. Right. Um, and, and I think that there are ways in which dealing with addiction or dealing with addictive uh, tendencies in that way oftentimes isn't a feasible thing. You know, um, when it comes to food, like we have to eat because food is exactly. Food. Food is fuel, and but it's the it's the right food, and so maybe it's never really the maybe it's never really the addictive behavior itself, but it's our relationship with that behavior that really begins to define the healthy lifestyle. And and so you've talked about this uh, this way in which you've grown from the mindset that you had of food of overindulgence of not feeling like you're able to stop of just going 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 going, and you've almost had to retrain yourself. And it's so cool that you've used uh, or you've, you've, you've been drawn to these other recovery programs as a matter of ministry within your own church. And it's both helped you to grow as well as to grow the ministries of your church as well. Because I think that begins to become an important point of the ways in which the things that have fed us, the ways in which the things that have fueled us have then helped to be able to fuel others. And so you've connected the fuel, the activity and movement and the spirituality aspect of it. And I mean, it's so cool what that looks like. And so now in your journey, you talk about wanting to continue to be aware and cognizant of this is where I am mentally. And so mm -hmm. uh, as, as you're wrestling with these things, as you're dealing with these things, what are some ways in which you handle those thoughts? What are some ways in which you handle, you know, what gets you through those times uh, where, and, and I only say this because I did this in college, you know, you got that full Domino's pizza there and you're like, I could eat this whole thing if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, so, so, so what, what helps you in times like those when it gets <laughs> tough? Hey man, when it was in college, it was, I'm going to eat that pizza. Oh no, I understand that one. <laughs> And then and wake up 30 minutes later and be like, oh. Yeah. This happened recently. And 
so I'll, I'll just walk you through a recent story. A couple of weeks ago, we went to an Italian place and they have great pizza. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm kind of like thinking through, all right, you know, like I'm dealing with myself. And what I've learned is the compulsive eating is trying to hide pain, whether it's emotional pain, mental pain, or frustration, like because that's often what is underneath addictive or compulsive behavior. It's masking something else, right? So I'm trying to deal with it. And the ways that I do that, it's a holistic approach. You know, it's the spiritual disciplines. I talk to a counselor at least once a month for my mental health. It's having good relationships with people that I feel like I can be real with. Um, It's also the fitness and keeping moving and the food like throughout the week, right? So I'm telling myself, I know we're going to go out to dinner and like, for me, I have to think about this. Like, I can't just show up and pretend it's all going to go okay. Like, I know myself enough now to know I need to at least be ready when it comes time to, to order. Like, what am I going to do? And, you know, maybe there's plenty of people that never have to think about that when they go out to eat, but I do. Mm-hmm. And this is how I do it. And this is how it happened a few weeks ago. So we went out, right? And I'm thinking about these things. So the first thing I ask myself is um, how much protein have I already had before I go, you know, and if I haven't had enough, I just drink a protein shake, right? Like you can get those pre-bought or just buy powder and make sure again, if I'm fueling my body and giving myself what it really needs, then it's bringing down the anxiety of the choices I'm going to make at the restaurant, right? So I check that off my list. And then I remember okay, I can't just eat meat. Like I need to make sure I get some vegetables, right? Like I need to make sure that there are some plants in my system. So I do those things. And, uh, you know, that week I'd already put in, you know, my movements for the week. I'd gone to the gym three times, all that fun stuff. And it comes time to order. And I know what I really want is a pizza. And I even tell myself in the back of my head, I'm not going to be sad if I eat a whole pizza because this can be my one cheat meal for the week. So we're at dinner. I don't touch the bread because I want to eat the pizza, right? But I, I eat the salad. So I have some salad. I even have some fried calamari. Then my, like, I ordered my own medium pizza, meat lovers, with the things that I wanted on it. And it got there. And I enjoyed the first slice, but I didn't eat the crust because I don't love the crust. But like a year ago, I probably would have eaten the crust because it's on the plate. I get to the second slice and I'm like, yeah, this is good. I'm enjoying this. And I pick up my third slice and I slow down and I put it down and I wait. I don't just start eating it because I can feel myself starting to fill up. And I give my body time to tell me that I'm starting to get full. A year ago, I would have downed the third slice and started on the fourth before I gave my body a chance to slow me down. I enjoyed that third slice, didn't touch the crust on any of those three slices. I enjoyed myself. I felt full and I took the rest of the pizza home. I ate half the pizza. I enjoyed it, right? I had also had salad. I had enough protein that day. And you know what? The rest of that day, I really didn't have any other junk. So this was like a really different experience for me of being able to go out, enjoy eating pizza without the compulsion to like eat all of it take some home and like be confident the next time I jumped on the scale. Like it might've been up a pound, but I wasn't worried about it because now I know how to live a healthy lifestyle. And there's that way in which, you know, 
not only are you comfortable in stopping and naming, you know, okay, I'm full, uh, but I also hear a confidence in being comfortable in your own body, uh, mm -hmm. which is sometimes another thing that I think we struggle with, which kind of points us in the direction of the movement because that, to me, movement is where we learn about our body. Whether, I mean, no matter what, again, no matter what kind of movement you're doing, whether you're running, whether you're walking, whether you're doing strength training, you know, yoga, Pilates, Zumba, whatever it is, dancing of, of any kind, physical movement is about learning your body because you have to know how your body moves. You know, I think when I run, I have to know exactly what is going on in my legs. I have to be very aware at, well, at least for me, in my mind, when I'm running, I'm very aware of like what part of my foot is hitting the ground. I'm very aware of the pressure that's getting absorbed in the bottom part of my legs. I'm very aware of my shoulders and making sure they're staying relaxed, of my arms and keeping my 90 degrees. I'm very aware that my head is looking straight forward. And so you have to learn this body awareness. And then in doing so, like I also have to learn, okay, what are the pain spots? What hurts right now? Right. What's going on? And so there's that nature in which this physical movement has taught us about our bodies. And so as you begin to... So you, you have this relationship with food, and I don't know which came first, you know, the, the, the food is fuel or the movement, and I, and I don't know that it really makes a difference which comes first because they become so intertwined in our journey. And so to move from, from food to movement, you know, what are, what are things that you have learned in the movement aspect of all of mm -hmm. this as well? The right kind of movements in the right way can heal your body. Mm -hmm. The wrong movements in the wrong way can hurt your body. I've dealt with an injury in my lower back since um, senior year of high school. So for as long as I've known you, I've had this pain <laughs> in my back. And you are not the pain in my neck. <laughs> Many times but, I could have been. <laughs> so since 2006, when I injured my lower back, you know, went to chiropractic, whatever, tried treating it, you know, the list goes on. My back feels the best that it's ever felt today because of what I started six months ago with my trainer. Um, before I asked her to coach me through my first bodybuilding show, my gym partner now, so I need to make a shout out to my buddy, Kurt. Um, he's a retired Virginia Beach firefighter, and we just met in the gym one day and um uh, we actually got to know each other when one of my church members who was a neighbor of his died. Mm. Then we ended up working out together and, um, he's really been with me every step of the way. So, um, Kurt and I, we, we kind of like, we stayed away from deadlifts and squats as often as we could. Like we never deadlifted and we would hardly ever squat in the weight room for years, literally years until we asked my coach Aubrey if she could give us a tutorial on how to do it properly. Now I had done weight training back in, in college and, and we did those things, but you know, that's been long enough that like, I don't remember those things because I was scared to do deadlifts and squats because of this lower back injury. Anytime I would try it, I'd get a spasm in my lower back. And it's just like, for me, one of the, some of the worst pain that I go through. Anyway, it's been chronic pain. It's been with me all my life. So then we like work with her on that. And she shows us some other exercises. The owner of my gym, Zach, he starts to help me rehab 
from a spasm. So like six months ago or so, more like nine months, doesn't matter, um, between learning some exercises from physical therapy, the owner of my gym, and getting the right technique from my trainer, my coach, um, my back is now the best that it's ever been. So really getting back to doing the right movements the right way can heal your body. And it has increased my comfort, my daily comfort in ways that I didn't think were possible a year ago. Like I thought I was going to have to live with that pain forever. Like I'd be sitting here in my chair like I am now and I'd always have this ache and I don't feel it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm doing the things that I was terrified to do, which if I do them the wrong way will hurt me. Right. But again, like asking people for help, you know, having enough humility to say I need help, uh, listening to their advice and, and trying some things until you get it right. Um, and now, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I love doing that every week, but I deadlift and squat every single week now. And it's that body awareness, right? And the movement right. and, you know, in building a theology of self-care, I think there's so much wealth of wisdom in, in that last thing that you said of don't be afraid to reach out for help, yeah. right? Because I think that that as I sit here and listen to our conversation here, as I've seen you grow and learn, I think one of the things over and over again that I see in your journey is the opportunities that you've taken to sit, to ask for help, to listen, and to be attentive. And then, I mean, you you, you talk about backsliding, but you also just talk about uh, learning, which is why I wanted to ask the question of like, what have you learned from those previous attempts of a healthy lifestyle? Because, Joe, you're someone that learns, you know, I mean, at least in my relationship with you, 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 you learn stuff really well and really easily because you, you're not afraid to ask for help. And you're not afraid to do those things. And so I think that's something that's so important and vital as we talk about a theology of self-care is we cannot be afraid to go to other people for help, right? Mm-hmm. You, um, whether, whether our vocation is in the church or outside the church, and, and we must recognize that we're leaders in the community, but that does not mean we have to lead alone. That's right. And, and it doesn't mean we lead without folks around us, um, whether it's, you know, clergy groups where, where, where we meet together and we just kind of talk and have conversation. We, we you know, vent, for, for lack of a better word, sometimes. Or whether it's just, you know, we're gathering together. Uh, you know, I think about when we go to conferences and stuff like that. Uh, and, and it's just like, I need to learn, like I need something, uh, mm-hmm. and the ways in which that helps us to care for ourselves and gives us that ability to care for others. And so I think it's cool that, you know, you, you cornered your coach and we were like, Hey, can you show us how to do these things without it causing an, an immense amount of pain? And so you took that knowledge and awareness of your body and combined it with that ability to seek help and to seek from others and then you listened so that you could apply it in the best way to help yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you've come to this place. It seems like you've come to this place in your journey where, you know, unfortunately we can't predict the future. And so that can feel somewhat anxious for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at least I know for me as someone with anxiety, it often is the future of, you know, I, I tell my coach all the time, I'm like, 
I'm feeling really good. Like, you know, we, we did mild repeats yesterday. They felt really good. I woke up this morning, my legs felt good. Uh, but there's always like that little voice in the back of my head that says, all right, you're gonna injure yourself soon because that's, that's how it always works. Um, and so the, the last kind of, I guess the last bit that I wanna dive into is this sort of anxiety maybe. Um, and I don't know if it's as big a problem for you as it might be for others, but uh, you're nodding your head yes. And so what does that anxiety look like? I mean, you talked about the eating and trying to stay in the right headspace, um, but but there's still also just even that general anxiety of how long can I keep this up? You know, what's going to be the thing that trips me up? Uh, you know, all of this, it's just, it's so right there on the surface all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some people may... This may come as a surprise to some people, but I get super anxious about this. Um, and actually, you know, I deal with, I would, I don't, I wouldn't say I deal with anxiety in the way that people who have an, an anxiety, but like I have stress and anxiety, like everyone does. I, I would say I deal with a normal level of anxiety, but this does make me anxious. This fear, because that's what anxiety is, right? Mm -hmm. This fear that I'm going to go back to these compulsive eating habits and to a lifestyle that really isn't healthy because I'm one bad week away. You know, it, I could easily do it in a week. I'm one bad week away from um, just giving into compulsive eating, no matter how much I move and like putting on the kind of weight that um, I'll feel like I'm stuck again. But the way I try to deal with that now is really enjoying what I'm eating and um, having this kind of peace that I couldn't give myself really is for my, my own recovery and where I am now was really asking God to help me deal with these um compulsive tendencies and to take that away from me. And that's, that's what's happened over the last year. Like it didn't happen overnight. You know, I still had to, I had to work hard. Like the first, the really the first seven months of the year last year was a very slow, steady, like all I'm worrying about is moving more and fueling my body and not counting calories. Those first seven months of my year last year, I only lost a total of like maybe seven pounds. And um, I wasn't cutting my calories. I was just making sure I was eating enough protein. And that's when in August, I asked Aubrey to coach me for my first bodybuilding show. And we only took a small number of calories off of what I was already eating. The main thing we did was change the composition of what I was eating and looking at the macros, right? And like, I can eat carbs. I just need to make sure I'm eating enough of the right kind of carbohydrates because we need them. Mm -hmm. If you're going to move, your body's going to burn through that like fuel. But my body's going to burn through oatmeal in the morning in a much more efficient and healthy way than a donut. You know, they might have the same number of calories. And so two years ago, if I would have put in the donut in my fitness pal rather than eating oatmeal, 
you know, the calorie number would have been close to the same, but it would have been totally different source. So I do still worry about it. And like, I find myself dealing with that kind of anxiety, but through this whole process over the last year, I can feel that a power greater than myself, that the Holy Spirit has done for me what I couldn't do on my own. And that was to curb some of those sensations and some of that um, the compulsion to eat to the point of hurting myself. And it's given me the space and the clarity to deal with the, the fear, the pain, um, the disappointments, the whatever, the stress that I'm using overeating to hide. Mm-hmm. So I think to try to answer that question, how do I deal with that anxiety? It's not just one thing. It's a, it's a broad, like multifaceted approach. It's a holistic approach, but, um, you know, being real with trying to be as real with God about it as I can. That's the first one asking for help from God and then from others. That's another one. Right. Um, yeah. And then just those healthy intentions being intentional, right. So, you know, um, Bethany, she likes using that word intention more than habits because it's something that we intend to do. And um, I think I think there's something to that being having an intention to fuel versus fill an intention to move more rather than three miles a day. Right. Like just move more um, and bringing like beating up less beating up on myself less mm-hmm. like. That's that's the other one. Don't just like enjoy. You can enjoy something now. Like now, I can enjoy some of these things. Like I have ice cream with my kids a couple times a week. Where there have been times when I've cut weight when I would just totally go without sweets, and now it's like, you know what? I can do it. It's okay. And and it brings to mind, you know, for those of you who have listened to a few of our episodes, or even those who this might be your first episode you're listening to. You know, one of the end of podcast questions that I do. Is, uh, is who do you go to when life gets tough? And when I started the podcast, everybody was like, God, God, God. So, so now I've reworked it. And it's like, aside from God, who do you go to? Um, but to kind of have that conversation right here of, no, like God should be that person that you can go to, that you can always feel rested and comforted by when you're going through a difficult time. And yes, there's that understanding that we have people who are here on this earth who surround us with love and grace and are there for us and will listen to us. But ultimately, a lot of that can come back to our relationship with God. Um, Mm -hmm. Do we have a relationship with God where we feel like we can bring our anxieties to God? I know at my healthiest times, mentally have been my healthiest relationships when I've been at my healthiest with my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and to name like right here on this podcast, on the active faith podcast hosted by a pastor where I'm interviewing a pastor or other, a lot I've interviewed lots of pastors that, uh, my relationship with God has not always been like this great mm-hmm. magnanimous thing. It's been a struggle just like it is for everyone. Um, but to know at the end of the day that I can go to God and that God is there, God hears my cries, God hears my joys, God hears everything. Um, and most of all, God hears and sits with me in my anxiety uh, and helps to comfort me. And then God puts people, loving, gracious people in my life who will sit there right. and support and encourage me. Um, and so 
on that note, let's let's dive into these end of podcast questions today as we as we close our time out. Uh, so, Joe, what is something that you have done that has made you feel accomplished? Really, the bodybuilding show. It was really cool. I had no like a year ago. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to do that. It's like when the first when I first began to wonder if I wanted to do it, but like I didn't look like somebody who'd be ready to step up on stage. So. And I was kind of like trying to deal with why do I want to do that? You know, is it because I just want to look cut up on stage? And I realized that for me, it was having that challenge. And then by sharing it first with my wife, I've been thinking about this and hearing her say, well, if you want to, I know you can do it. Like that just meant the world to know that my wife really believed in me and, um, and having that sort of relationship with her and her having that confidence me when I was like somebody else actually really thinks I can do it and then like because it's kind of like sitting with that a couple and then you know telling my buddy from the gym hey I'm I'm thinking about doing this it's like you know if if you do it I'll be with you every step of the way kind of thing you know and that's the more I started sharing that goal with other people all of a sudden it became oh I'm doing this now and it was for a much bigger reason than just getting cut and um you know like starving myself which really I didn't do like I was um still eating more than I would have in my previous diets and my body was getting more nutrition than it had you know before the whole healthy habit series right anyway so getting through that whole experience like starting in August working with um Aubrey doing the nutrition and the the fitness, but then also like working with one of my um, coaches who's helping us launch Micro Church. One of the things she she told me to do early on goes back to um, really where I find that time and service to me, which was so weird for me to think about. And what that turned into, again, a kind of a long story, slightly shorter, was carving out time in my day, like when I'm away from home, like in the middle of my workday, where I can do just something that's going to serve me, which sounds so strange and so bizarre and very counterintuitive and has turned into one of the greatest gifts I've received. And so for me, I I came up with my own acronym, fill up and enjoy life, fuel. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's, I'm not even going to tell anybody when it is during the day. But for a certain amount of time, blocked out five days a week, you know, with exceptions as needed, I do whatever I feel like I need to do. And usually that means turning on um, some really, really solid worship songs and just listening. It started out, I would like go through uh, the upper room and do like Lectio Divina. But then I realized like that was, again, me trying to like work at something. I gave myself permission to just enjoy God's presence through worship music. So like finding a station on my Amazon music playlist and I cut it on and it's like, all right, we can do this. That was a part of that. But all of that went to this accomplishment. Like I got to walk on stage, but so many things led up to this moment. So by the time I got to do my solo pose at at this competition back in December, like I, I walked off the stage after my solo um, posing, whatever, 
And like, I felt that sense of accomplishment, not because like I was cut up, but because I really didn't like, I felt the healthiest I've ever felt. And, and I'll have Joe's social media and y'all can go follow his bodybuilding yes. journey. If you go back in the, uh, <laughs> if you go back in his, in his feet a little bit. So Joe, what is an upcoming goal that you have? Well, uh, as far as that goes, I am going to do another show in September. But my my shorter term goal is to enjoy uh, the next few months before I have to start prepping for that. You know, I've got a couple more months where I get to bulk up a little bit and um, I get to eat a little more ice cream than I would when I'm doing that prep. Um, so my goal right now, do you really, really want to know? My goal right now is to enjoy at least one ice cream sundae every week. Ooh, that is a good goal. I like that right. goal. I think I'm going to adopt that goal. One ice cream yeah. Sunday every week. Like guilt-free. No matter what else I did that week, I get to have, even, no matter how bad I was, like even if I had other things, like I'm going to give myself that because I got a few more months before I prep for the next show. And I love it, man. I've gone like, I've gotten like little Reese's cups and um, like the hard shell and like mm -hmm. ice cream. And oh yeah, that's my goal. One ice cream Sunday a week. So aside from God, who do you go to when life gets tough? Well, I definitely go to my wife. Um, but, you know, even spouses, like, disappoint us and drive us nuts. So I also go to a count, like, I have a counselor I, I see once a month. That way it's not, like, work and life and people. Hopefully my wife's not getting all the, you know, the bad things. Like, I also want to just be her husband sometimes. Mm -hmm. She's, she doesn't deserve that. So I have a counselor to help with that. But then, you know, I've got a couple of really good friends I feel like I can be real with. Um, and I think that's another really important piece of all this is um, in addition to God, having people you trust that you you can really be real with. Yeah. Um, and that's hard sometimes because people do disappoint us. But that's that's been a part of this whole journey for me, too. And then we've we've covered a few of these throughout this uh throughout this episode but other than physical activity what are some other ways that you practice self-care yeah i would say that um taking time during the week to do the fill up and enjoy life thing is important um especially as you know in our field as clergy as people who like are meeting other people's needs um to just like take a moment to enjoy life which is really sabbath right? But mm -hmm. not just on one day a week, but having moments through the day to do like Jesus did and just go away until people come find you. And like Jesus, then when people need us, we can be fully present instead of resenting the fact that somebody needs us. And I know also one of yours is just spending time with your family. Uh, oh, yeah. Joe, Joe is one. I mean, again, like uh, Joe has a great family. They have all sorts of fun. And so you can just see uh, when when Joe spends time with his family, you know he's relaxing a little bit. Uh, but yeah, relax might not be the best word, but I do enjoy my family. <laughs> uh, probably not as much when they're jumping all over you, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, well, Joe, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I mean, this has been such a great conversation, and uh, you know, hopefully, our listeners have not only gotten to know you, but but also just kind of really sitting in that mindset of of you know, what it might take for their own healthy lifestyle. So thank mm -hmm. you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks, Andrew.
You know, I just love in the early days of this podcast, as we are only about 15 episodes in now, being able to bring on people who I've had relationships for the last, you know, 10 plus years and being able to have seen their journey, being able to have witnessed their journey, watched them go through these struggles and and learn their own means of self-care to now come on and share their stories. I mean, I hope you heard from Joe this manner in which he has grown and in which he is still dealing with a lot of this stuff. You know, it's not a singular time, right? We don't magically one day find the ultimate, you know, whatever it is to solve all of our problems, but it is a daily reminder of all the things that that he does to keep his his body, his mind, his spirit in shape, refreshed, how he cares for himself so that he can care for others. And you hear from Joe's story that sense in which he has wrestled with this so many times. He's learned lessons over the course of not just successes, but over failures. That's something we've heard not just from Joe, but we've heard from many of our guests as we have uh, gone through many of these stories on this podcast. And I hope Joe has become no different in adding to that narrative of we can learn even when we may fail even when we may do things wrong, even when we may mess up, that there is still something to be learned, there is still something to be gained. And so I hope you heard that. I hope you heard the the genuineness and the authenticity from Joe that uh, brings that story to light, that you begin to see the ways in which we are talking about what it means to fuel, right? Now, I mean, I know I'm guilty, like we, we fill, right? But no, we fuel because fuel is what's gonna help us to drive us forward. I loved that uh, language that Joe offered to us. And so I hope that you have enjoyed this episode, that uh, you continue to have stuff that you ponder upon from this episode, that you take away from this episode. Don't forget, head over to our Facebook page. Every week I put on an episode reaction post where you just uh, can comment what from Joe's story has stuck out to you, what you learned about yourself in this episode from listening to Joe's story. So I encourage you, you know, if you're not a part of our active faith community, please go. The link is in the podcast notes. But don't forget to check those out, right? Right in those show notes. Uh, There's ways you can get in touch with Joe on social media. Find him. Check out what he's doing on social media. Uh, You can find my personal social media stuff on there. You can find the podcast social media on there. Find us. Interact with at at every level. Uh, And so don't forget to check those out. The link to the Facebook group is in there as well. And, you know, uh, as you're listening to this podcast, if this is your first time here, if you came here to listen to Joe, well, I want to welcome you. And I want to make you feel welcome for more guests. And so uh, if you haven't done it yet, make sure you hit subscribe, like on this podcast so that you are following along new episodes popping into your feed every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we're releasing episodes. Uh, You can subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. I think I've got just about all of them nailed as I've uh, learned a lot of this distribution stuff. Uh, And you know, this is a completely self-done podcast. And so one of the greatest ways that you can help me out is I just want to get these stories. I want to help others build that theology of self-care. And so, you know, if you're feeling really generous, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or on our Facebook group. Uh, I love seeing that y'all are loving the podcast. I love hearing maybe things that that we can continue to grow into as this podcast grows. So please make sure you go over there. 
leave a rating and review. It really helps us. It helps others see how awesome the podcast is as they're trying to discover it. So please leave one there. And then really just like the best way that you can help is just share it, right? If you hear this story and you get so much out of it, share it with a friend, share the podcast with a friend. Like I said, this is episode 15. I've done, I've done 14 other of these. And so there is so much just already, even in the early stages of the wealth of knowledge that is being built in this podcasting. Uh, community in this network and all of these ways in which we are gathering together and so invite them to listen and now may God bless each of us and may we each find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom amen